Welcome to the Florida Madcaps, your ultimate guide to experiencing fantastic and unique destinations across our magnificent state. Join us while we lead you on a journey of exploration, recreation, and conservation. The popularity of Florida's natural wonders is on the rise, and our mission is to be your go-to source for conscientious recreation. We encourage you to get out and explore these breathtaking sites and to leave them even better than you found them through individual actions and group advocacy. Join the Florida Madcaps as we discover the beauty of our incredible state together. Hey everybody, welcome to the Florida Madcaps podcast. It's me, Ryan, aka the Florida Excursionist, and I'm here with the Florida famous Sunshine State Seekers, Chelsea and Chris. Hello. Howdy, howdy. All right. And today we are talking about Ocala National Forest. Now, it is a very, very big forest. I'm sure we're not going to touch on everything, but we most certainly will try. But it's uh, pretty notable. It's one of the early uh, national forests. Uh, It was uh, founded in 1908. It is uh, 387,000 acres. It's pretty vast. Yes. The big scrub. (laughs) That's what it's known as. Uh, I'm a big Marjorie Kenning Rawlings fan, and that's what she always referred it to as. And I think she... She uh, never called it Ocala National Forest. She just mentioned, called it the Big Scrub. Um, and it is the second largest national forest in the continental United States. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, definitely a lot of fun things to do there. But uh, there's also not just that history, but there's some Florida Trail history there as well. Yes, the uh, very, very first blaze was painted uh, in the Ocala National Forest. If you go there today, it's painted in gold. Very fancy. Oh. Um, what year was that uh, put there? Ooh, geez. Uh, <laughs> 60s, 65, maybe? Well, um, 66 is when it became. Yeah, so I'm not sure the exact exi- <laughs> the exact date that uh, Jim Gurn Sorry, put that no, I forgot put to that tell you you were going to be having a test, so but, uh, <laughs> I'm going to any- be telling everybody you are not Florida Trail official now. <laughs> If anyone wants to check it out, it is at the Clearwater Lake Recreation Area, right where it comes into the southern portion of the um, the, the Ocala National Forest by Paisley. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can take it up from there and continue on for a number of miles. I think the total mileage, because you have the eastern and western corridor of the Florida Trail come together, um, is 67 miles. Now, uh, I told you that, and now I'm looking more online, and I think that is just a linear section so maybe uh i'm not sure if it's the whole thing there might there might be more because both the eastern and the western corridor run through the ocala national forest just to point that out (laughs) and so uh what is the eastern and western corridor of the florida trail so the florida trail um is is different than some trails like uh this is the appalachian trail for example is just one continuous line north to south the Florida Trail splits in and more than one location. Uh, one being, uh, uh Lake Okeechobee. You can cho- choose to go east or west around, uh, the lake and another spot being, uh, the central Florida area. Okay. You can go east or west. Um, western has some, some kind of like, uh, not so desirable roadwalks, but it also has some really cool sections of trail. Uh, the cross Florida Greenway, 
Being, with the coochie. With the coochie being one. Uh, that's where the uh, caves and stuff are. Ah. But you miss the springs, uh, mm. things like that. Now, you're not too far, so you can, like, do a little side quest to the springs on that side. Um, but on the western corridor, you go through a few more urban sections. But uh, the the urban hiking there is a little more, uh, you know, not you're going on, like, bike paths and stuff, so not really roads. As you come out of the uh, the Cross Florida Greenway into the Ocala National Forest, you have the the Western Quarter and the Eastern Quarter start to come together. Uh, the Western Quarter, we we did that a couple of years ago, and it was an absolute blast. It, and it depends on on what what your idea of fun as far as hiking goes. Um, Chelsea loves walking through water, mm-hmm. and and it was it was, it was a later okay. part of the year. Um, <laughs> Where it wasn't, it was starting to cool down a little bit, but also at the end of our wet season. So the first half of the hike, and we we did an overnighter. The first half the half of the hike was all in pine flatwoods, which are notori- notoriously wet throughout um, our, our wet season. And um, so yeah, we were sloshing through water, and then you get to Eaton Creek, and you cross over that, and the whole second half of the western corridor is super dry. And and this this crazy pine uh, sand pine scrub uh, with these beautiful as far as the eyes can see uh, the um, the reindeer moss and, mm-hmm. and and all that kind of stuff and then and then you get to the by the eighty eight store that's where it comes together and then if we want to talk about the eastern quarter you want to elaborate on that so real quick on the western quarter just to throw in a little fun little story that's another one of our uh, uh, more fun bear encounters. Where uh, some kind of there's a hiker etiquette where you don't eat on the trail. Um, I say that is more um, appropriate for popular trails and popular hiking seasons. Because like if you wouldn't eat in the middle of the trail uh, on the AT because it's just that's rude. It's crowded. There's a lot of people going through. Now we were hiking in the summertime in Florida. There wasn't really going to be. We didn't see anybody and we weren't going to be seeing anybody. So we plopped our little butts down and started eating lunch and weren't really paying attention really to our surroundings. And uh, Chris goes, oh, bear, 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 bear. And I look up and there's this huge bear just galloping down the trail. Towards you. Towards us. Now, he didn't see us. Downhill. He saw us as soon as Chris started screaming bear. We stood up. That thing hightailed it the other direction. Uh, But that's another thing to know about uh, Ocala. There are bears there. Um, uh, But the Western Corridor, sorry, that was the Western Corridor. The Eastern Corridor, after you get out of the urban section, you go through Seminole State Forest, and then you get into Ocala. And it's, it's just a really, really pretty area. You go through... Which side goes through the bombing range? That would be um, the the eastern one. It goes through Farrell's Farrell's Prairie. It's not the bombing range, but it kind of skirts the edge of it. Um, Farrell's Prairie. So you can hear them. Oh and, yeah, and some people yeah, might it's get close. Nervous, and they and they've had to actually they've had to reroute it further away from that um, the Pine Castle bombing range. Um, mm-hmm. And but and a lot of times when you're out there, you can hear there's a there's a huge military presence there. Um, and you can hear them practicing and 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 flying their bombers and and dropping um, ordnance. And I I mentioned the bombing range mostly to say kind of like there's three different management styles through one land managed forest. Um, there's that section. Then there's sections that are really popular with hunters. So you got to be careful uh, what hunting season is mm-hmm. it. Uh, you don't really want to disperse camp um, at all. 
You can't. Oh, you can't. Legally. You used to be able to. You cannot do it anymore. And you don't want During to. During hunting season. During no. hunting season. And then the other one being the uh, the um, wilderness area. And there's never an- any hunting allowed there. It is a little more popular. Uh, probably one of the more popular sections of the Florida Trail. Juniper. And it gets these. it gets a little too popular, actually. Yeah. Um, Hidden Pond, which is not so hidden, <laughs> is a little spring-fed pond. That's beautiful. That's, that's, I think, um, three or so miles in if you come from Pat's Island Trailhead. And it's an extremely popular destination from Boy Scout camps and just everyone alike likes to, because it's a short distance to go in. It's about beautiful. What, three miles. Yeah. They, and they've had some uh, serious issues with bears out there. Um, they but had just to kill go. one a few years ago. Didn't yeah. Yes. Yeah. Okay. So this is where bears become dangerous when they associate people with food. Mm-hmm. And uh, this bear was not only associating people with food, but specifically tents. They sent a yes. decoy tent out and it, and it walked into it and that was it. Yep. But, so um, as they say, a fed bear is a dead bear. So because people didn't hang their food properly, people, I don't know. I sure as heck pe- hope people didn't feed it on purpose, but that is a possibility. Um, and it, it just associated humans and tents with food, and it became a dangerous situation. And it didn't attack anybody, but it sure as heck scared people. Yes. And if you're not aware, you definitely want to uh, hang any smellables. So that's deodorants, toothpastes, food, you know, well out of reach of, of, of bears and raccoons. So usually you, you will um, use some uh, rope, line, wire, whatever you need to do. And then uh, just uh, suspend it. Uh, I believe you would what, ten feet off the ground, and it's uh, is it like eight feet or five feet from the tree? Yeah, it's it's a good ways from the tree. You can look it up online. Yeah, really leave do. no trace has it. Uh, um, it's escaping me the exact measurements, but it tells you if you look at leave no trace, uh, the principles. Um, basically, it'll tell you uh, exactly how what the measurements are, and that should keep your your food safe and you- and your camp safe. Before backpacking out there, uh, just check it out. Just go online and and figure out these uh, the, the bear safety stuff. And you, you can look at the Ocala National Forest website or whatnot. And if you're not familiar or, or don't care to put your food up, there are uh, several locations throughout the forest that have um, these these uh, these bear vendors. Um, well, well, juniper, um, salt springs, all the all the really cool. Um, little car camping type areas. If you're, if you're tent camping, they have bear boxes and you can put the, um, your food in the bear box. And again, oh. call ahead because I believe some of those no longer provide that service. And that's because a lot of Ocala national forest. Now people think that say like a uh, juniper, a lot of times people confuse the land managers and think it's a state park. It's not, it's private concessionaires that run that. Uh-huh. And they tend to change often. And I think I can't remember which which park it's at, but one of them has changed, and they no longer provide the service. Although Juniper was built by the CCC, yes. So interesting, interesting. another conservation corps project. <laughs> uh, funny little uh, historical tidbit: uh, Marjorie Kenan Rawlings wrote uh, that she became rather enraged when you know that nice little uh, Juniper Spring, which is a local swimming hole, you know, got developed into like an official <laughs> camping area. She was very upset about it. Um, so one thing to go back for, and I'm a, I'm a day hiker, so basically I will, unless I've uh, in a uh, rather um, unplanned situation, I do not hike at night, but uh, no eating on the trail. 
So I'm usually out alone and I'll, um, so does this mean like, I usually will have granola bars and I'll just stuff them in my face or is this like, do you want to break my steak and potatoes out? This is more of a social faux pas. And like I said, it's more, it's more of a thing for busy trails. You don't want to be sitting on the trail. Like I said, we sat down and had a lunch. You don't want to be sitting on the trail where people are hiking through. Oh, so they're like interrupting your meal and you're in their way kind of thing. Yeah. Okay. There's nobody out there. There's nobody. Like, if you don't want to do that in the wintertime, like right in the middle of the trail, especially if it's a single track trail. Now, there's parts where the trail gets a little wide. There's a log laying down. You can get to the side, eat your lunch or whatever. No problem. This is like that a little bit north of Lake Eaton. Mm -hmm. There's a big wide trail. um, in which was (laughs) kind of added to the whole effect, though, because it was this big <laughs> wide straight line which a lot of the florida trails is, is is windy and goes through these the scrub habitat in a, in a really unique and, and cool way but this this one particular stretch is is no less cool but it was a, a straight line so we could see 50 to 100 feet or more down the trail and he was just coming straight down the trail at us and then i stood up honey 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 and then what 20 feet from us Thirty feet from us, psh, straight off the trail. The second he saw us, but <laughs> and and that's going to be the majority of your encounters with bears, unless you know they might be habituated or whatnot. But but again, fed there a fed bear is a dead bear. One of the things I advise everybody not to listen to bad advice is getting the bear bear proof sacks and not hanging them. Oh, because, uh, you know, they're like, I've heard people make the argument, well, it's bear proof. They can't get my food. That doesn't mean they're not going to get your sack, take it, slobber all over it, crush it. And ha- what are you going to do with that? You, like, <laughs> you might not ever get that that sack back. Yeah. Uh, they might not be able to get to it, but it, it's poor practice. Um, we actually heard a story of a, a hiker who who did that and said, well, the, the people at REI said, that this is fine and I can do it. And one of our uh, Florida trail leaderships was saying, I, I really think you need to hang your bag. It's not a good idea. The whole and, and camp was terrorized by that bear that yep. night. And it was no fault of the bear. No. Um, and also it's kind of fun to throw that throw line. Um, <laughs> we, we, we spent <laughs> many a night. Yeah. The bear bag <laughs> trying to get it over that branch. And, and you want, and you want that to be a pretty good distance from your your camp too. I can't yes. remember the exact footage, but um, I don't know, hundred feet or something. Like that. I just remember Bill being very upset. He had to share his pop tart with this young lady who lost <laughs> all, all her food after being terrorized by a barrel. After night. he told her at not Hidden to Pond, do that at Hidden Pond. <laughs> so, so what did the um the bear absconded with the bag? Yes. Okay. <laughs> he didn't get in it. Um, I think she got the bag back, but yeah, it was covered. It was everything inside of it was crushed and the bag itself was covered in bear saliva. So that's kind of yucky. So, it, so one of these, uh, one of the really cool features and, and, and historical wise too, is the yearling trail where um, Marjorie. Yes. The yearling trail has a big history to it. Actually, before I go there, I've just found the information. So it is. 200, the tree needs to be 200 feet away from your campsite. Mm-hmm. Oh, the, uh, it needs the, it needs to be suspended. The bag needs to be suspended 12 feet off the ground and a minimum of six feet from the nearest trunk. So it has to be hard for them to climb up the tree, get on the trunk, tight walk or however they move to get the bag. So, and then, um, yeah, so and I think yeah, so six feet from the branch as well. So you want to get it nice and suspended. So twelve feet up and six feet from the nearest branch, 
and 200 feet away from your campsite. Um, so- you, you can also plan your hike to where you don't have to hang your food at all. Um, if you're staying at, say, Juniper or Alexander Springs, those are established campgrounds. They have uh, big metal bear boxes at the campsites. Um, I think um, the prairie that we like to camp at. Hopkins, I think, Hopkins had them, too. Hopkins has them, too. A beautiful location, yes, by the way. Yes, one of my favorite uh, camping sites. And that's, that one's not concessionaire. That one's nope. run by the actual the U.S. Forest Service and uh, is a lot cheaper it's as well. It's a lot cheaper. And There's not a spring there. There's not really the amenities that the other ones have, but they have water pumps. And gorgeous and landscape. Gorgeous landscape and bear boxes, so you don't need to hang your food there. Because sometimes it's hard to find that perfect tree Yeah. to where that works. And, you know, it's not always possible. Uh, but doing your best is better than doing nothing, you know. So say it's not quite as far away from the tree you want. You still want to. You want to try. If you can't bear to hang your food, <laughs> uh, <laughs> put it in a bear box. Well, and I mean, if, if you're in like, if you're in uh, anywhere, there's a lot of pines. That's so hard to find a good oak tree. That shouldn't be too hard. But a pine, it is. It's definitely tricky, and 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 also a little fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> throwing the rope. All right, so the Yearling Trail, that is where I've done uh, most of my hiking in Ocala National Forest. So there's a lot of history. If anybody's familiar with Marjorie Kinnon Rawlings, you know, she's the uh, f- the author that put Florida in the spotlight in the 1930s and 40s with uh, books The Yearling, Cross Creek uh, were two notable ones. And she also wrote a pretty good cookbook that has a menu for bear but um, that's. It also has like sea turtles and stuff. <laughs> well, she, she, she mentioned that, you know, she, she, there, there was, she did some things that were uh, would be frowned upon by today's uh, con- conservationists. Don't ride so, sea turtles. Yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> steal sea turtle eggs and then ride them into the ocean. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, she did. So, what she did uh, to get the inspiration uh, for her book, so she actually embedded herself um, with. Uh, some of the uh, families that were living in Ocala National Forest or the big scrub at the time. And these were very, you know, they were uh, lean times. They were people that are just, you know, eking out of survival there. And if you've, if you've been out there, the scrub is just unforgiving. Mm-hmm. Um, but she did stay with a family there. Uh, and then later on, after she wrote The Yearling, it became very popular. MGM, MGM bought the rights of the movie for... I believe uh, $30,000 and then they, they filmed it at the, uh, the homestead of the family of the long family out there in Pat's Island. There's no remnants of that yeah, today. I'm told they, that, that you used to be able to see some of the old, uh, sets and, Oh, really? Stuff, but I don't know how long ago that was. We've explored the area pretty thoroughly and, I can't see any evidence of at least the houses. The cemetery. The, the cemetery's there, and there's some, like, uh, I guess remnants of the farm, the wells and stuff like that that you can still find. It's a, uh, it's, there's a cistern. Yes, that's um, There's thinking. a cattle dip. So they had a big problem with uh, ticks, so they would just run them through, you know, uh, pesticide in this cattle dip. That was still there. And the Long Cemetery is the most notable one. There is a big sinkhole and uh, there that... that did at one point in time, but no longer, had a, a spring flowing from it. So that's where the families got a lot of their water. That. Oh, yeah. They used to bathe in it. They have a rib oh, wow. swing that's pretty terrifying and fun. 
but <laughs> I did not see that, and I was Sometimes. there last time. I don't know if I would recommend so, a, a gentleman of your stature doing it. <laughs> so it's scary. Sometimes it's, it's scary. there, and sometimes it's not I'm there, not sure and it's definitely dangerous. No, don't recommend it. I I did so. Uh, um, as the Florida excursionist, you'll see me out, you know, in the, you know, in the uh, woods and stuff. But I am pretty careful, and I I never noticed it until these two guys walked up and they're like, "Oh, we're here for the rope swing," and this guy gets up there and swings. And I guess at one point it was very well planned, but <laughs> nature takes its course, and there was a tree that grew up in the path of the rope swing, so the guy kept. Hitting it wasn't it wasn't a big tree, but he had he had to jump off early or you know. Uh, so um, yes, a very well somebody went through a lot of effort to put that rope swing there. Uh huh. Um, but the uh, the long cemetery uh, is really amazing because you know the, I think the families restored it, but there's there's uh, the the grave sites and there's also the um, uh, like the cause of death. Yeah, the metal plates. What was the one boy told a fib and his pants caught on fire? <laughs> I don't believe. I don't remember seeing that one. No, that was a little uh, exaggeration, but I do think they said his clothes uh, or something on his clothes caught fire, and he uh, had. Uh, that's how he had passed away. I think that was. Um, it, I could be wrong. That may have been Jim Rogers' son. Now, Jim Rogers. It was an interesting story. So, uh, Reuben Long was the one who originally settled there. Cal Long, who knew Marjorie Kenning Rawlings, was his son. Now, Reuben Long uh, fought on the side of the um, Confederates in the Civil War. I was taken prisoner. Ultimately, when the war ended, he walked home from maybe Virginia. Um, on his way back, he, under some interesting circumstances, uh, uh, ended up uh, not in, through official adoption, but taking um, an African-American uh, boy uh, home with him to care for him. Otherwise the, the, the young man was uh, going to be in some terrible circumstances and raised him. And he lived on Pat's Island with him for a while. And I think moved closer to, uh, to Lake George. Um, and then I think there was a fire in his house mm. and his homestead. And it, it And I believe that's what was the cause of death for the young, for his son. And he ended up moving back to Pat's Island dying there and he's buried there. Mm-hmm. So that's very interesting. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's some interesting Florida history. That is where Marjorie, uh, got the, um, the inspiration for the yearling, um, because they had a very similar situation, not exactly, but, you know, about a, a pet deer that, uh, just that, um, that they had that, that didn't stay in the family, you know? Well, I think there's kind of a nod to the cemetery. If you watch the movie, uh, the mother, uh, miscarries um, um, multiple children and they go through this panorama of just all these little tombstones. And I kind of think that was kind of, even though that's not really what happened or the total story behind the cemetery that they were kind of, I I believe trying to nod to that with that scene. Yes. In the movie. And if you go to, uh, so if you, you, the trailhead I normally park, park next to is right across the street from Silver Glen Springs. And if you go to Pat's Island, Pat's Island is not an actual like island as we know is like in the ocean or in, in a body of water. You're going through some very dense uh, scrub. And I mean dense. It's an island of scrub. <laughs> yeah. So Pat's Island kind of raises up after a bit. island. <laughs> yeah. And there's like a lot of pine trees and open like you're not in this, this scrub prison um, that's that's there. So, and there's a scrub jay, so uh, that's right before you get past Island. I normally see them, and 
you know, they're not the friendly ones that, you know, are just standing on your head waiting for peanuts or something. They're not as habituated, which is good. Great um, chance to see them, but, though, yeah. along the Yearling Trail. Yeah. And and you don't even have to go all that far in. Um, and the Yearling Trail is right off of uh, US-19, um, across, yes. from, across from Silver Glen. Yep. Uh, so you go in there and you can see the, the scrub jays, Florida's, one of Florida's endemic birds. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the, so Silver Glen Springs, you've got, um, and, and that's another huge thing to, to highlight with the, the, the Ocala National Forest is we've, they've got a system of, of, I don't know if you, uh, yeah, several springs throughout there. Yeah. Four, um, four, four big ones or four notable ones. But, uh, salt, juniper. We talked about juniper, uh, Alexander and, um, uh, Silver Glen. And I think, uh, Alexander is just amazing to me. I love that spring. I haven't been there in a in a few years, but uh, you know it looks pretty cool on the surface. But man, you better have a snorkel when you mm-hmm. go there and in mask because it is like an underwater cavern. Not cavern, like a canyon. Canyon that oh, opens yeah. up. There's multiple different spots too. In a, you know what? Actually, I am thinking of salt springs. With the with the crabs and stuff. Oh yeah, the they got the holes. little there, blue crabs in there. There's yeah. <laughs> but if you're if you're gonna visit Florida Springs, um, absolutely, especially if you've never been there before, absolutely bring um, a, a mask, goggles, something to see under the water because mm-hmm. that's something else. Yeah, and interesting about Salt Springs and some other uh, Florida Springs. So uh, the blue crabs, they're definitely a saltwater or brackish water. Um, that's marine life, but uh, the, there's the, so many minerals coming out of salt springs that they're able to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, you swim up to them and they go pinch their little claws at you. They're a little defensive. <laughs> I'm like, no, leave me alone. <laughs> kind of crabby, huh? <laughs> Juniper Springs is a premier kayaking destination, and I absolutely, if you're into like paddling or kayaking, um, uh, they they used to have a a shuttle service that I'm not sure it's like iffy Again, nowadays. this is with the concessionaires and the rollover. Um, it's just, who it, are they doing the shuttle service? Are they renting kayaks? Do you have to bring your own? These things you want to call ahead and check on because it seems to always change. If you can figure it out, though, that run is <laughs> is absolutely amazing and one of my favorite uh, runs in the entire state. You will see some very, very large gators on it. That's a warning to anybody who is afraid of gators. Uh, they're going to leave you alone. Um but that's just like keeping heads up. There are some uh, bigger critters in those waters than than are uh, in more popular springs. It's like a jungle cruise. <laughs> I mean, you're you're just slowly meandering down the stream. And that's another section that's part of the. Um, I keep forgetting the name. The um, wilderness area. Yeah, that's within the the juniper wilderness. So area. to explain so the wilderness it. area a little bit, it's an it's no no mechanized equipment. So this, from a maintainer's perspective, is a little difficult. So there's uh, Florida trail maintainers. Yeah, Florida trail maintainers. So a hurricane comes through and knocks trees down. You can't come in there with. You have to cut them down with a handsaw. <laughs> yeah, everything is a hand tool. No bikes. Nothing with wheels. Uh, like no kind of machinery at all allowed into these areas, and it's kind of to preserve that. That just natural wilderness, and actual wilderness. And you enter at your own risk knowing these things uh, when you go there. So uh, that's just something. It's really cool, too, because you can't bring like weed whackers and, and brush cutters when we do trail maintenance. So they have this thing called a Swanee sling, which is like a 
like death scythe or what is it? how do you pronounce that his little metal <laughs> like a scythe scythe or, yes yeah. <laughs> and uh you swing a specialized it, one yeah, yeah you swing it on the ground and kind of just like whack the uh, grasses out of the way um that's kind of what what makes it a wilderness area yes um and uh, that's that's one thing i will it's the one that's part of the diversity I like about Ocala National mm-hmm. Forest. Now the springs there are pretty. Um, so there's some there's some few things that are interesting about the Ocala National Forest springs that set them apart from other Florida springs. They are within that protected area of Ocala National Forest, which means the nutrient pollution that you would normally see in other springs uh, is in much lower levels there. Uh, so the, the water is just usually uh, very beautiful. Um, but that is uh, something that's very notable. Um, and again, it's a good benchmark to, to see yes, how much, how detrimental the, um, the runoff and, and from the ag and everything else is to these other springs. Yes. Yeah, definitely. You're, you're, you're most certainly correct. Um, but if you're going there during the summer on the weekend, Make sure you get there early. As I believe it opens at uh, seven or eight, and there will definitely be a line. I mean, if you're in any spring scoops on Facebook, that they they'll have <laughs> notorious pictures of like like <laughs> lines of cars for you know, bringing my miles of cars just Which waiting to get hiking, in there. All don't four of them. Have to wait in. <laughs> ah. Yeah, yeah. If, if you if you uh, if you can plot it out so that you're hitting it middle of the hike. Uh, you can walk into them. So, yep. yes, so, sneaky way to get in. Maybe, <laughs> maybe not <laughs> so much. And pay the fee. Don't try to sneak in. Um, you know, they every it contribute. You're probably uh, more likely <laughs> to get in if you're if you're walking in than you yes. if you're coming in with a car. Yeah. So, I mean, that's that's definitely uh, so, you know something to uh, pay attention to. Now that you mentioned the gators, now gators normally will leave people alone. If just like we spoke with bears, if you feed a gator, it'll be a dead gator. It's an mm-hmm. apex predator. If it's a nuisance, they will eliminate them. Um, but uh, there was a uh, there was a woman killed by a gator uh, about twenty uh, no seventeen years ago in a college national forest snorkeling. So uh, definitely to make sure you have that. Uh, don't get in the water with them. That's, uh, that's well. The I don't think thing. you can um, on the juniper run. Correct. I believe no. you have to. No, stay you're not in your supposed boat. to get you're out. You're not your supposed boat. to get out yeah. of your boat at all. Yeah. Um. At least on the Juniper Run. I don't know where that happened. It could have been Juniper one of the Creek Springs. They don't have a way to patrol that, but they um. do tell you at the very beginning: do not get out of your boat. Yeah. Pe- people do, unfortunately, but I think that wasn't the Juniper Run that you were talking about. Mm-hmm. So it's uh, definitely. And there's some big gators out there. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. I wouldn't swim around in those ones. Yeah. I mean, I'm. Um. I don't have like a. Uh, a, I have a healthy respect for gators. Like I was hiking, uh, as I told you guys, um, through Kissimmee Prairie, and I got to where I was supposed to be wading through a slough that was, and I'm using quotation marks, seasonably wet. And uh, I saw some, you know, large amount of gator activity there, and I had to turn around <laughs> rather than, you know, try and interrupt their dinner. <laughs> so. You're like, see you later. Would you like dessert? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did not want to be on the menu. <laughs> So I yeah I dealt with the hogs instead, which is not as fun. But um, uh, so yeah, that is um, so we could talk on and on about Ocala National Forest. It is so much to cover, but uh, these are some of the high points. And uh, thank you for joining us uh, this week. 
And if you have any questions or need any further information that we could possibly help you with or point you in the right direction, contact us in the, in the, with the email address in the show notes. And as always, enjoy Florida responsibly. Thank you for listening to the Florida Madcaps. We hope today's episode was enjoyable. Your input is important to us. If there is a topic that you would like to know more about, please let us know. The Florida Madcaps is presented in partnership with the Florida Springs Council, the only nonprofit advocacy organization focused solely on protecting our Florida Springs. Get a free spring sticker and join the Florida Springs Council at floridaspringscouncil.org slash madcaps. As a token of our appreciation, we are giving away a free Madcap sticker to anyone who leaves us a review. All you have to do is send us your contact information to the email provided in our show notes. We will take care of the rest. Thank you for being a part of the Florida Madcaps community.